and welcome back to the Film Slate Podcast, everybody. My name is Brandon Chu, and I'm here with Chris Lucky. And today we're going to be talking about uh, Boondock Saints. Yes. But before we do any of that, catch up. Yes. Condiments. It, it, it appears yeah. as if you, you you just rolled out of bed, like you have the bed head right now, like the yeah. bed hair. I rolled out of bed two hours ago, yeah. but my my hair is what you call memory foam hair. <laughs> <laughs> so it just, it just does whatever. It's like the hair wants. remembers. Yeah, the hair will, I try to move it out of my face, mm. genuinely, for two hours, and mm. it just slowly creeps up and it just encroaches <laughs> my forehead yeah there's nothing i can do yeah. this is all pure puerto rican jewish looking hair <laughs> you got good hair though yeah yeah, yeah i do yeah. When, I, when it's not you know doing its own thing yeah like it just it remembers man oh yeah anyway <laughs> <laughs> yeah we are back another week um got that spider-man game been playing the spider-man God, fuck i really want to play that that so shit looks beautiful it's, it's beautiful gorgeous. man it's, i've been i've been seeing it on ooh, youtube it's yeah. just like that swinging Man, it's 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 like I said, it's just gorgeous. Like it, the, it reminds me of um, you had the uh, the Arkham Knight. Is that what it's called? Yeah. The Batman game. Yeah, it, I love those games. I, I love that too. Yeah, it reminds me of that. Just how you can fly through the city because you got the grappling hook thing with yeah. Batman, Spider Man. The whole game is based up for above ground type stuff. So I mean, it's mm-hmm. it just looks so nice being in a big city, middle of the day, like swinging off of skyscrapers and doing your Spider Man missions. Super massive. The company that did it, Insomniac, they also did a. They also did a game called Sunset Overdrive. Ooh. And, like, they're really good at mobility in mm. video games, yeah. which is why I was so excited to hear that they were doing Spider-Man because yeah. all their movement is physics-based. Okay. Like, it's not like Spider-Man 2 for the GameCube, where it was just kind of, like, stodgy. And, it was. And you could stick a spider web wherever yep. it was. Like, you have to be in a building, and it's all, like, momentum-based and physics-based. Yeah. So it's, like, it's just, like, it's fucking crazy. It is. And it's I really cool. It, and I want to play it. Yes, man. And the like the the cutscenes look gorgeous. Yeah, the fighting looks gorgeous. Yep. MJ is fucking in it. Mm-hmm. Well, MJ. Yeah, it's great. It's fucking great. Yeah, I'm and there's excited. just there's just hours and hours of content too. Like yeah. so much gameplay. But yeah, just not getting into that. So I, I assume I'll be doing that for another month, maybe. Yeah, I've watched like at least like maybe two hours of gameplay for the fucking game. Yeah. The guy that's been, that I've been watching mm-hmm. has played maybe three or four story missions. Yeah, <laughs> so <laughs> it's a lot. So yeah. much to do. He's it just is. swinging around, kicking ass. Yep. And I love it. I oh, love yeah. it. I'm all for it. Yeah. It's honestly the best. I think it's the best version of Spider-Man. For, that, maybe so. Yeah. For, for a game that I've seen. No, even, yeah. even for like, like in terms of like, like media, like mm. movies. Yeah. And, and I think that's my favorite mm. version. Like the personality is just there. It definitely is. Yeah. The suit is amazing. Yes, it is. The, like it's, a, it's a, he's a little older. So the yeah. stories is, it's not an origin story anymore. Mm-hmm. We're just kind of seeing him. Be Spider-Man. I see where you're going, yeah. It's great. It's fucking great. I'm, I'm excited for it. Oh, yeah. So I really want to play the shit out of that. Oh, yeah. It's so fucking good. What, what, what you been up to? I've I've been just working yeah. on stuff. Like, I have I was doing... I had some meetings for my short film and mm. then sort of, like, freelancing mm. to get some money in so I can buy some equipment nice. to, like, make it through 2019, yeah. making stuff and doing all of that nonsense. So it's just been meeting and emails, meeting and emails, and I'm... I'm going to cover Charlotte scene, mm. which is like the equivalent of like New York Fashion Week, but in Charlotte. Okay. Um, when is that? It's next week. Oh, nice. No, the, the 25th. So 25th. 25th. Week after next. Okay. Yeah, yeah, the week after next. And it's just like, I'm covering a couple of things. Mm. There's like a private party that I'm going to nice. and get to just do all of that yeah. nonsense. And I get to talk to models and yeah. designers and yeah. Hand out business cards mm-hmm. and that whole thing. So I've been prepping up for that. It's been yeah. a lot of meetings for that, mm-hmm. and I have a little team of people um, from the school yeah. that are following me into it, and mm-hmm. they're trying to get us a hotel room. So we have a base of operations, like yeah. the whole bit. 
Um, so I've been working with that. That's, <laughs> that's, gonna be, that's a really big uh, opportunity, like yeah. networking, and especially like everybody that's coming into Charlotte, you know, they're flying in from all parts of the United States. So yeah, yeah just to be able to get in the building, shake hands with people, talk to people, pass out some cards, you know, like networking. It's, it's pretty fucking crazy. Like, and, no and telling, I think I know. get access to like a couple of the private events too, yeah. like that the public generally doesn't have access to. So. Yeah. Should be a fun time. That's pretty, that's pretty be big. A fun time. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. I bought uh, half the wardrobe for my short film. Okay. Uh, so that's going. That's happening. Very nice. And then I'm doing some rewrites for the short film today. And then tr- just trying to keep it together. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fucking, I was going to go see White Boy Rick, but I couldn't. Yeah, that, that just came out. Yeah, I was thinking yeah. about seeing that too. But it was like, eh, I don't know. We were, getting, we were getting so much news about the Hurricane Florence. Yeah. It was like, oh, there's going to be a hurricane by Thursday. There'll be a hurricane Friday. We're here Sunday. And um, I'm sure it was pretty bad. Like, um, they said New Bern, um, like the coast of uh, North Carolina. Yeah, Wilmington yeah. got well sh- got proper shagged. Yeah, um, yeah. But, I mean, as to be expected, when you live on the beach, you know, yeah. that's going to happen, you know. Rally, just the hurricane was set straight for rally. Yeah, and yeah. Just went like, yeet, like, yeah. and then just went right completely past it. Yeah. Um, yeah, the hurricane was fucking crazy. It was supposed to be a Category 4. Yeah. And then by the time it reached us in Charlotte, it turned into a tropical storm. So yeah, it, it, we're it, fine. And that happens. So, all right, I got some shit right here. No. No. So, in, in Charlotte, born in Charlotte, been at least spent at least 20-some-odd years in the city. Mm-hmm. The only hurricane that I've experienced that I was like, oh, shit, I was about to be five years old, 1989, Hurricane Hugo. Yeah. You know, and that was that was actual damage. And the, the big deal was it was a little bit flooded out. We didn't have power, electricity, anything like that. No running water, three days. Mm-hmm. And I remember just, like, having to walk up and down the road while I was wet and, like, ask people for water because we didn't prepare, you know, right, for it yeah, at the yeah. time and tree fell in our house. Now, that was 1989. Now, since then, having that, um, that, being afraid that something terrible can happen because, mm-hmm. like, literally, like, tree fell on the house since then and being paranoid about hurricanes, it never, it's never happened again. No. Never no. happened again. So it's like the thing with, with Hugo, it was like, all right, this thing is a Category 4 and it's been a Category 4 and it's sitting here making land already Category 4. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, Hurricane Katrina was only a Category 3. You know, yeah, but, uh, but the levees broke is what right, made yeah, that yeah. so catastrophic. I mean, mm-hmm. it, was, it was terrible, but it's just... I don't know. It's just it's so weird the the panic that happens whenever anybody hears hurricane, especially in the city of Charlotte. I'm just looking at is, well, is it going to happen? <laughs> you got to keep in mind. I don't know if the panic because I've only been here for eight years, mm. so I don't know if this is true. Mm. But like last year, we had Irma, yeah. which completely fucked everything up in the Caribbean. No, not in Charlotte though. Yeah. I'm, I'm just saying no, 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 not, not Charlotte. in Charlotte. Yeah. But I think the fear is. From hearing all of these hurricanes over the world's fucking shut up, mm. and then hearing the word hurricane coming over to Charlotte, mm. and then people just go like, "Well, it fucked up Puerto Rico, and it fucked up this other place, and it fucked up this other place." Yeah, and then and then people freak out about it. And that as a Puerto no Rican, sense. and a Puerto Rican that's been through several, like I, we have a hurricane at least every year. Of course, yeah, it's pretty uh, cool. Uh, there. The bad ones get pretty scary. I yeah. understand the panic. No, but I but, think it's stupid why? how people deal with it. But we're inland, though. You know, it's no. like it's like if 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 Wilmington gets destroyed twenty years out of twenty, mm-hmm. and Charlotte gets destroyed one year out of twenty, like, well, it happened to Wilmington. Yeah, well, it's going to well, happen again but, to Wilmington too. But the thing is that like they're so unpre- they're such unpredictable weather systems mm-hmm. that even if you're inland, yeah, there is a very high possibility. There's a one out of... That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I'm a person that goes off odds and possibilities. So yeah. I'm like, if we're talking about 20 years and plus, because I'm only talking about the 20 years of me living here because I left for, for a little while, for like 11 yeah, years yeah, or so. Yeah. So I'm like, if, if you say that once every 20 times, once mm-hmm. every 30 times, once every 50 times, yeah. just like 
probability, I'm like, is not going to happen. No, no, no. And I, and I get what you're saying. And I get, and I get what you're saying. Yeah. I'm just saying that as the guy that's been through several of these fucking things, yeah. they are so unpredictable that no matter where you're at, mm-hmm. every hurricane has the possibility to be it's catastrophic. Possible. It's possible. So just prepare. Just fucking prepare. Mm. Just I'm, prepare. I'm, I'm the guy that's not going to prepare. And yeah. then it's like, after I die, they'll be like, well, you should have prepared. Yeah. You know, because <laughs> I'm not going to do it. Because this, this is what's happening. It's like, so I was at work. And I mean, I think you're about, an idiot for saying that, but prepare. No, no, no because I'm not going to. That's <laughs> yeah. what, like, all right, this, is, this is why. So it's like, I was at work, and everybody's like, let me, let's go buy up all the bread. They spent $20 worth of bread, $30 worth of meat and goods and everything like that. Hurricane does not happen. So now you're sitting here with all this fucking bread. You're yeah. sitting here with all this fucking bologna. You know what I'm just saying? Like, for fucking what? For what? I mean, just get, just get water and food you like eating. That's all you need to do. But if you just already have water, then great. You know, like, we can have, like, I'm not saying don't prepare as far as, like, don't have water. That's mm. something you should have year-round just in case anything can fucking happen. Yeah, you know, yeah. There can be an earthquake, and you're not expecting that. Anything can happen. I know, I know. You no, know I'm but, just saying. But, like, when, I, I understand the panic. Because I, I would, someone that's been through them significantly for most yes, of his life. If we, were, if we were in Wilmington, then yeah. fuck yeah, I'm going to prepare. Like, the, right. the, the odds are very yeah. high. It's like anything can happen. And if we're in Wilmington, you're goddamn right it's going to happen. I just don't think that's how probability works. I mean, no, if you're, if, you're yeah. living, if you're living in Wilmington, you don't think the odds are a lot higher that you're going to get struck by a tornado no, no, than no, no, if no, you're no. in Charlotte? They are. They a are. A lot higher. But every hurricane is, an, indivi- is an individual it variable. Has a chance, yeah. Probability works independent of the vacuum that you're sitting in. You're, you're true. That's true. So... If you flip a coin ten times and nine times you land in heads, that doesn't mean that it's going to go in heads the next the time. The chance is fifty fifty that yeah, it's going to go ahead on the tenth. It's time. like having having a kid just because you have fifteen boys so, doesn't mean the next one's going to be a girl. Right, and still so, be a boy. So what's the fucking point? What are you making? That everybody should have prepared. Oh, I mean, they should have prepared in Idaho, too, then. You know what I'm saying? Like, the hurricane's just if like... The, if the hurricane's fucking coming for Idaho, then sure, fucking prepare. But, but that's what I'm saying. But, like, is it yeah. going to happen, though? It's like the probability is, like, yeah, it can go all the way to Nebraska. It mm. can go to all the way to Texas, you know, yeah. coming from this. But it's like, I'm not concerned when I'm that far inland. If, I, if I'm at the coast, then, yeah, yeah. I'm going to prepare. No, I know what you're saying, but if every source of information is selling you, when this thing hits us, yeah. it's going to be a Category 4. Yeah. There are going to be winds of 155 miles per hour yep. when it hits you. If it is. When it, the, the, hurric- the people that study years and years of meteorological but, science. No, I'm, I'm not saying that they're liars, yeah. but I'm saying they're saying when it hits. I'm not saying there is a win. I'm no. saying through experience, it's like, oh, when it hits, it's like, it's kind of like the, um, these guys to me are like the, uh, the boy that cried wolf. Yeah. It's like, I, and I'm just tired of yeah. hearing wolf. You're fucking insane. <laughs> hey, I mean, I'm just saying, I'll, I'll have to be yeah. the person that's eaten by the wolf, but it's just no. like, I'm not going to run every time they say, oh, there's a wolf. No. I'm not going to. Well, it, it, I, I kind of get it, you know? but the guys that have studied meteorological si- science for six, five years. I'm not saying I know more than they do. They, they definitely go, know how to do their job. I know, I know. But like they go at one point and yeah. they go like, listen, yep. based on analytical data, yes. patterns and every other scientific bit of meteorological data that we've got, yeah. this will hit you. Mm-hmm. At the time that we're saying this, yes. If this hits you, if it does, yes, it will be catastrophic. Mm-hmm. At the time that we are saying this, yes, prepare in case that in it case. does hit you. Mm-hmm. They're not saying it will hit you. No, if, but they're saying just in case. that in that sh- you're fucking insane. You're uh, fucking insane. I'm, I'm, not, I'm just not yeah. worried about just in case. I'm not worried about the just in case. But, like the, I have. but if you're not worried about the just in case, if it hits in the case that it hits, you're well shagged. You're fucked. If it, if it does. I, yeah. I, just don't, I just don't believe in that. I just don't believe in that opportunity to happen. Why are you gambling with fucking meteor, meteor, like meteor, fuck, with 
climate events. It, it would have to be a real deal type thing. It's just I've just seen them just come and go over so many years. So it's like if I get that feeling again, it was like, oh, this is a category four. Yeah. It's getting closer. All right, this is made land and it's not slowing down. Mm. It's still category four. Once it hits land, then I'm like, okay, hold on now. But then by the time you know. that you're getting a prep because it's hit land, mm. everything is fucking closed. Nope. Everyone no, 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 no. has bought water. No, no, nope. Because we are in Charlotte. Like by the time it gets to yeah. inland, by the time of Wilmington, yeah. hell no, I still got a whole day. To, it was a out. category three when it hit Wilmington. Well, it, it, that's why I wasn't concerned about a category yeah. three. If you're hitting Wilmington in category three, by the time you get to me, you're not going to pick up ground going inland. This ain't a tornado. You're not going to go from category three to category four once you get hit inland. That's the thing. Who the fuck knows? It, it might. Happened. It fucking might. It just, it just it, it hasn't happened. Yeah. It hasn't Listen, happened ever. I get it. You're fucking insane. I'm just saying, you're I'm not, fucking insane. It's just I'm, I'm not going to prepare every single yeah. year for something that hasn't happened yet. It's just like. Like but, but but we don't get everything like every time there's a hurricane yeah. we don't always get a, like yeah it's gonna hit charlotte or it's gonna do this yeah that's i've been here eight years yeah i've only heard about this one hurricane what yeah i've only heard about this one fucking hurricane about I'll, to hit charlotte. I'll look it up on the break i mean yeah. it's kind of tedious to, to like show the 15 hurricanes that have yeah. like that was supposed to hit charlotte over the past 20 years or so yeah. but it's just like i'm not saying like don't prepare yeah. i'm saying i'm not going to prepare for something why that- the fuck are you not preparing if you're telling other people to prepare no, they can prepare if they want to. Yeah. I mean, I'm, just, I'm just not about to go up buy all the bread. I'm not going to go buy up all the bologna and then yeah. be stuck with the bullshit. I'm just going to have my baseline thing that's there every single day yeah. throughout the year and not change anything. Yeah, I'm not saying buy 20 pounds of fucking bread. I'm not doing it. But I'm not saying, yeah, I'm not, not don't buy 20 pounds of fucking bread and 20 no pounds of fucking bologna. You're Why? an idiot if you do that. That's it, yeah. But, but fucking get ga- like gallons of port- portable water. You should already have that. I mean, because yeah. anything can happen. Not just this hurricane that's yeah. coming up. Anything can happen. A, hur- a hurry. I mean, a, a tornado could happen. Mm-hmm. A earthquake can happen. Yeah. The things that you just survival things. You should have things for survival. But when you're every expecting, when you're expecting an event that could potentially take out the established pipeline of drinkable water it that could. you've got, it could. It makes fucking sense to buy water. No, why don't you already have the water though? Because because everybody has their established pipeline of water. So, like, we get water through the fridge or people get water no, through their sink. No, but I'm saying it's like, all right, so maybe I'm being too prepared because I'm saying that I have this water here every every day. So if there's a hurricane today, I already have my established water. But it's like I'm saying that I don't also need a whole bunch of bread because what the fuck am I going to do with that? A whole bunch of blood. No, no, no. Yeah, you're fine. You have water. Yeah. That's, that's sure. And that's what I'm but saying. Like, in the hurricane that I experienced, that was the one issue that I was yeah. dealing with. I'm like, all right, we don't have electricity. We don't have power. You know, you're not going to die from that. But the fact that we have no running water, yeah. we had to go walk back and forth to neighbors to go get clean water. But you do like, realize right. that that's how most people prepare. Most people just buy water. It's yeah. the insane fucking people. They, they, they should be doing that. They should already have the water. It's just like no, it's no, we shouldn't. We, we shouldn't, shouldn't have, have it. Why not? If we expect everything to work properly, if what? like the only way that things wouldn't work properly, if it's something unexpected happens, like if the unexpected happens, you're fucked anyway because it mm. didn't. It was unexpected. I mean, earthquakes are unexpected. Yeah. you don't have to be just necessarily be fucked. Like you yeah. can plan for earthquakes. We did it in California. I mean, because in California they happen all of the fucking time. Yes, yeah, so you have to be prepared for it just in case. Yeah. So you're saying that? But in Cali, on. they ex- in, in Cali mm. earthquakes happen on unexpected times. Yes, but you're expecting an earthquake to happen. Yeah. In Charlotte, you're not expecting it. They're not in here. We don't have the preparation so for you, it. The, 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 so the odds are that it's probably not going to happen. So you're not going to prepare for it. No. Uh, you no. See what I was to go because back <laughs> because we know for a fact that mm. those earthquakes are, those earthquakes are consistently not happening in Charlotte. They are. They definitely. We can not. we can examine 
scientifically yep, the we don't, data we don't have a fault lines. and say, hey, no fault lines here. Yep. We're fucking fine. Yep. If there's an earthquake, the earth is fucking splitting in half. Mm-hmm. That's fine. At that point, when that happens, if the earth is fucking splitting in half, there's nothing you can do. You're fucked. I mean, it's like, we're not saying there's zero fault lines. Like, you can have tremors. You can have earthquakes on the East Coast. But But I'm saying it's just like... Most likely, yeah. Most likely they're not. When a hurricane... You you track a hurricane when it starts in the middle of the fucking ocean. Mm -hmm. You see it pick up speed. You see the trajectory. Mm -hmm. You go, that's going to hit us in a week. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a Category 3 by the time it hits us. Mm -hmm. We're going to prepare... For that, because I fucking see it coming. Let's go get I all the bread. See it here. Let's go get no, the bread. No, <laughs> I don't want all the bread. The people that are getting all the bread are fucking idiots. Well, as I'm saying, like, but so what, what? What? What should they be doing? Like, I'm saying, just go ahead and have the water. You're saying, don't have the water. So it's like, I think, because I'm what I'm going is just like the craze. Every time one hears there's a hurricane, and then there's just mass widespread panic of everybody. Oh, we don't have water. We gotta go do this. We don't have bread. We don't gotta do this. And I'm just like, they're saying a hurricane is coming, and nothing in my everyday life has changed whatsoever. Yeah, like, I, I already have gas. I already have water. I don't need 15 loaves of bread. Yeah. I don't need a bunch of food that's going to I mean, uh, a bunch of meat that's going to go away. I have non-perishable items in the house already. Like, why is everyone going fucking crazy because, over something that didn't even happen? Because it's fucking media panic. People like to get panicky. It gives them something to talk about in their fucking shitty, daily, dead sown lives. And that's, that's, that's all year. of the thing. But, but And that's, that's how I feel about the hurricanes every single time. It's just like, I would rather there just be a hurricane and let me be, be the one person that's wiped away mm-hmm. because instead of just dealing with everyone else, you hear about the hurricane, hurricane this, hurricane yeah. that, and I'm just like, it's kind of like the uh, the Game of Thrones stuff yeah. where everybody is talking about Game of Thrones. He's like, get over that fucking shit, like, yeah. goddamn it, just go yeah. away. And he's like, I'm hearing all this hurricane yeah. shit. I'm like, hurricane bullshit is not fucking happening. Why don't y'all talk right. about something else? And I have to do this year after the, year the after en- year. The entire time that we've been hearing about this hurricane, I've been ma- sure I've been making jokes, just yeah. like, oh, yeah, I hope the hurricane doesn't kill you, whatever jokes. Yeah. 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 But I've I've been going about through my day perfectly fucking fine. I was not, at Denny's not, yesterday. Yeah. And I was just like, like I'm not expecting it to be catastrophic. No. I'm not panicked about it. No. But I got three gallons of water, and yeah. then I'll keep them there if the hurricane doesn't happen. Yeah. It, and yes. then they'll just be there. You're not exactly okay. That's so fine. You're, you're not just gonna go pour it out, and, and you know, you, you, that's, that's your spare water. So now, if another hurricane is coming up this time next year, and it's like a hurricane's coming up, and you're not yeah. gonna go do anything. Right. But hold, right, so that's, that's where I'm at. That's what I'm saying. It's like I prepared years yeah. ago, so it's like I don't have to go out every time somebody says something shitty is gonna happen. I don't but have to go are, out. There are things that you have to do when you expect a category Already something hurricane. But I'm saying if you if you if you prepare. One one time yeah. and the hurricane doesn't happen what do you do with your preparation like, well, tools if the next when the next hurricane comes if you're like all right hurricane's happening and you've got your water and then you happen to have your gas mm. check your fucking pantry oh good your pantry's ready yeah. tell everybody else to piss off that's fine but people what? shouldn't not prepare no well, they well, how how, are, how do they not have these things that's what i'm saying so it's like if you were already not prepared you were zero prepared yeah. then you got prepared you like you said you got your three yeah. gallons of water or so and you put put that away hurricane mm-hmm. doesn't come so this time next year, and you don't have to do anything. So I'm like, how is it every single year that people are preparing because it's widespread panic? People are preparing, and then next year, what do they do with their preparation tools? Because every fucking year, the people that don't prepare are the assholes that are panicking for the new fucking hurricane. No, okay, the yeah. people that have prepared mm-hmm. are sitting at home going like, I know what's going to happen. The and people that didn't prepare the previous year they, are they the idiots get this year. that you fucking hear stealing all the fucking bread in the middle of fucking lows. Those are the idiots that are getting the bread and getting so, the 20 pounds of bologna. It's the people that don't prepare, got fucked, and then panic in the, the next time. So, so you, you believe it's just like every, every year there's people that, that decide to, to prepare this year and they just get ridiculous preparation things? Yeah. 
Well, okay, so this is the thing. If you're on a hurricane, right, mm. and then like you don't prepare, you yeah. get fucked. You get, and, and mm. let's say, let's let's say you get fucked in this hypothetical. In, 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 the, in, the, in, the, in this hypothetical, in this hypothetical, okay, you get fucked. A tree falls in your we're house. Like in, we're in Wilmington somewhere. Yeah, like like a tree falls in your house. Yeah. we're talking Charlotte. Let's talk Charlotte. Let's say that in this particular hurricane, a wind right. hit just fucking right, right, and then a giant oak tree that was sitting in your fucking ground because mm. the ground was a little flooded, the trees popped out, yeah. tree fucking fell over. Completely shagged up your house. Yep. Now you have no running water, yep. no electricity. Something like that and happened no in Charlotte. House, and no fucking house. Mm-hmm. Right? That happens in Charlotte. Okay? 30 years ago it happened. That, that happens in Charlotte it did. right now. It did. Right? In this hurricane, this is hypothetical. So we're saying hypothetically this, this that it is hypothetical. Happen. It's happening this year. Yeah, this doesn't exist. This yeah. situation doesn't I don't exist. Means. Yeah. Uh, I know, I know what you mean. I'm mm-hmm. just emphasizing this doesn't exist. Yeah. So this happens to this person. They didn't prepare this year. Yeah. That happened to them. Yeah. Right? So next year, that idiot that didn't prepare for this hurricane. Mm-hmm. And that had no running water for four days yeah. and depended on the kindness of other people that had prepared to survive in this hypothetical, then this guy, the next year, is the one that's gonna be fucking panicking in Lowe's stealing 20 pounds of bread and 50 gallons of water because he's got PTSD from the last time he didn't prepare. I mean, I, 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 I agree in the hypothetical, but it's just like we haven't had anything like that in Charlotte. Like, if, if, if we did have the storm yeah. and then people went out and panicked the year, but it's just like we've had 30 years of not having that. Right, and you then know. 30 years of that having that, people just aren't fucking ready because it hasn't Every happened year, in 30 years. That's what I'm saying, but it's like, it's not, this isn't, the, like, I, I will have to pull up, like, the stats of how many years yeah. they say a hurricane is coming towards Charlotte because there's at least 15. Right. You know, so I'm like, but, but just I, over those times, like, people just, yeah. so every year for those past 15 years, it's just people that aren't preparing whatsoever, and then each year, more people decide to do it. It's, it's just, I don't know, it's kind of it's ridiculous. A, it's a human condition. It's the human it's condition. insane. If you don't prepare... And then you get a little bit shagged up by the thing that you didn't prepare for. But they didn't. The no, no one has happened. gotten shagged up in Charlotte. That, that's what I'm saying. It's like, yeah. the, like I, the, I was here for the last time the shit happened. And since then, same. shit has not happened. I, I, I was alive. I wasn't alive for Hugo. I was yeah. alive for George. Yeah. The same thing happened back home. Everyone was just like, ah, it's not going to hit us. It's yeah. going to hit in Puerto Rico, though. Uh, like you yeah, have to but, be like even, but Puerto Ricans get a hurricane every fucking year. That's what I'm saying. Like so you they know be- it's going to happen. They become unaware of like the dangers of a hurricane because a lot of the hurricanes are tiny. So right. they're just like, well, it's not going to be really big and whatever. So we, the infrastructure is fucked. They don't prepare properly, right? Okay. So what's happening is like if, out of, if there are 15 hurricanes that in the last 15 years mm. in fucking Charlotte, right? Well, that, yeah, projected. Yeah. A lot of those hurricanes dissipate before they even make it in land. The, yes, yes. So the people are not preparing. Yes. So when they hear about a hurricane that might not, that dissipate, might not dissipate before they hit here, they're going to fucking panic. Because no one is fucking ready. Mm. That is what I'm saying. The magnitude of the hurricane. We're getting around. We're getting yeah. around to it. All right. Yeah. So it's like, so I've actually, like I said, I've actually experienced the one time that it did happen. Yeah. So I'm prepared for any other time that it could happen and anything else as well. Right. You know, because some shit did happen to me. So I'm like, nope, ain't no shit out of the blue about to happen to me now. Yeah. So I'm prepared. So, so you're expecting see- a shitty thing to happen. You're prepared all the time. And it's weird to me whenever I see people getting prepared at the last minute, but not just this yeah. year, every single yes. year. Okay, yeah. If I punch you in the face every day at the exact same time, you know that it's gonna happen. Sooner or later, you're gonna start getting ready for it or you're gonna accept it. One of the two things. No, you, you right? should be prepared. You're gonna be so, con- you're gonna be conditioned to prepare against it or whatever. But if like uh, I lost my analogy. That didn't somewhere make sense. In yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, what I'm saying is that like every hurricane that has been coming through has dissipated, mm-hmm. so people just stop preparing like after the fifth one, right? And then it's like, oh, it's not gonna happen. So then it doesn't happen for ten years, and then they hear about one that will absolutely fucking. I hit. just, 
I can't wait till till next year when we have another hurricane that's on the way to Charlotte and it's a Category Four. Then everybody. I've been here eight years. I haven't heard of a fucking hurricane. Oh goodness! I've been here eight years. I've never heard of a fucking hurricane hitting Charlotte. This is the no, first the, hurricane. No, but they haven't hit Charlotte, though. You're saying yeah. there's one thing. Well, the hurricane even hitting North Carolina. No, you, I, I haven't heard of that. I've been here eight years. I haven't you heard, haven't heard of, of any hurricanes I haven't heard in the news and the weather reports. Oh, I haven't goodness. heard of that. I've heard of tropical storms. I've heard of thunderstorms, but not a fucking hurricane that's happened in the last 15 years that's hit North Carolina. Oh, goodness. I mean, goodness. so so we're not, not even projected to hit North Carolina that actually hit. Because there's, there's less, there's about eight or so that actually hit North Carolina in the past. Yeah. Ten years well, I haven't, so. I haven't heard of them. I haven't heard of the ones projected to hit North Carolina. I just haven't fucking heard of them, which would explain why there's no panic. They just didn't make the big news cycle. You know, maybe they weren't strong enough to warn people about or whatever. But I haven't heard of a single one of these fucking hurricanes. Wilmington. Wilmington's been getting... It's, just been, on, it's been on the coast. Like I said, a lot of them are huge hurricanes by the time they get to Wilmington or get to the land right. that they started to dissipate. Yeah, so the but, people in Wilmington have heard of them. Oh, yeah. Because they're getting hit with them. Because right. they're hitting North Carolina every year. I mean, mm. it's like, like you say, in Puerto Rico, you're going to get them because it's going to happen. They're not going to be big every time, but yeah. you're going to get at least one or so every single year. Wilmington, North Carolina, on the coast, we're going to get hit with so every every year. We're going to get hit with at least one, even yeah. if it's small. The state of North Carolina, we're not going to hear about them so right. much because we're inland. Right. So we're like, shit, not shit's going to happen. Right. So whenever we do hear, hear about something like, oh, it's not going to dissipate. This one's coming to Charlotte. Yeah. Widespread panic. Oh fuck. That's what I'm fucking saying. No, but but I'm saying, but why not? Why are they just now getting prepared now? Because they ne- they never get hit by it, mm. so people just forget. People just go like, eh, "It doesn't. It's not gonna hit us." It's just it's just the human condition. Humans are easy to get comfortable, and it takes a fucking panic to get them out of the fucking comfort zone. Mm. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's smart. I'm saying it's what happens. It's what happens. People are idiots. But but then, but now I'm saying now I got to walk around every day dealing with with like idiot talk, you know, for yeah. a full well, week. Well, here's what you do: just you punch know? them in the fucking eye. I and wish. Keep going around with your day. There will be no more people alive no, if I just, just went <laughs> punching everybody. Hear about this hurricane? Hear about this hurricane? Yeah. And I'm just like, there's no fucking hurricane. Oh well, it can. You never know. Yada yada yada. I'm like, no, I can tell you. Let's bet some money on yeah. it. And nobody will be- take a bet. That's what no. I'm saying. I will lose my fucking like I, w- I would have lost all my money if anyone would have been willing to make a bet that there was no hurricane. No, I would have I- lost everything. Thing. But like I bet you a thousand dollars right now, there's no hurricane. What no is our argument? Make the bet. What is our argument? No, the what are we is, talking about? No, I was saying that the, the, the initial no. argument was having to deal with idiots every single no. day in their conversations about a hurricane that is not going yeah. to happen. Fuck those people. Yes. All right, but that, that was I, the whole thing. I I I got what you're what what I got you were saying was that like just doesn't matter. There's not going to be a hurricane. No, there, there, there isn't. Yeah. There isn't going to be a hurricane. Right. But I'm saying, but even in the the rare, very, 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 very insignificantly small chance that mm-hmm. there is, why haven't you already prepared? Because they just haven't experienced it. They just haven't gone through it. Mm-hmm. If you haven't gone through something, you don't prepare. The moment we have an earthquake in Charlotte, we'll be ready to fight earthquakes. They're not going to be ready. Yeah. They're not going to be ready. You know, there's going to be more panic, you know, because we've had, we've had uh, hurricanes in Charlotte before. People aren't, aren't prepared. Yeah. You know, something's right. just like, People are shit. I, yeah. I guess that's that's that's, that's the, end of the that. argument. Yeah. I guess. I guess. Yeah. Just prepare if you're getting ready to get hit by a hurricane because they're fucking scary. That's how, all I'm saying. How, how about how about stay prepared? You what know? The, the thing is, like, if there's no catastrophe imminent, if there's nothing imminent, you have your fail safe. Your no, usual fail safe. Yeah, but it's like you're not going to get rid of like you got you got prepared. Like you told everybody could, to get prepared, and you, yeah. you yourself prepared. But it's like so now that you're prepared for a hurricane, mm-hmm. you don't have to re-prepare. I mean, if you ran out of fucking canned food, then yeah. If you ran out of gas, then yeah. 
I don't know why you would be getting rid of, you know, your. Because I fucking eat it. I fucking eat it. No. I just eat canned food. No. Oh, I mean, I guess, but it's just yeah. like I have, I have a certain thing saved for. Yeah. Like this is for just in case of emergency. So it's like I'm not going into my yeah. emergency food or the emergency water or emergency gas. See, like, the only to use the lawnmower maybe this is the part of like part of training because you were in the military or whatever so mm. you're ready for catastrophe or whatever maybe you're just an anxious person no I, I, but, I, a tree fell on my house because yeah. of a hurricane right yeah you know that, so it's like i'm prepared for that and that makes sense sure but like for normal people like that haven't me, experienced hurricanes like i've experienced several hurricanes but why, why but aren't you prepared because whenever i hear about a hurricane the moment i hear about it i go to the store and i just go like all right am i gonna need fucking i i, I go do a status check in my kitchen and I go like, what do I need to make sure that if everything goes to shit, I'm okay until everything is on shit. And that's, you know? that's basically, you think that's what so like, like, people generally yeah, do. Yeah, like the you. moment I hear about the hurricane, like if, if, if today in the news, yeah, we're getting hit by another fucking hurricane tomorrow, I'll go to my pantry and I just go like, all right, well, I have this, I have the other thing, I just pick up some other things mm-hmm. and then I'll do that. Oh, I drank all my bottled water. Well, fuck, I just go pick up another box and then I go home, I put it in there and I'm ready three days before the fucking panic sets in because the panic sets in when people hear about the fucking hurricane and then it's like, nah. And then when the hurricane's here, they just go like, ah, fuck, I guess I got to buy water and bread now. And then they buy all the water and bread because they're doing last minute panic. I, we prepared for the hurricane last week. Mm -hmm. It's just like, I'm not always prepared, but the moment that I hear a threat, I just go like, all right, I guess I'll prepare now. And then I'll just buy everything that I don't have. That's that. That's what yeah. the people that I'm running into. It's like I'll prepare now, but you. But it's just like so. Basically, it's just no, like you're running into the people that are fucking buying twenty pounds of bread. But they're preparing now. It's like yeah. it's just like oh, why, why are you at the grocery store? Oh, hurricane preparation. Mm. It's like what the fuck? Like, it, yeah. it, but what you're saying is like because like when I'm when I prepare for or any kind of event, mm-hmm. I have my event box. You know, for yeah. my water, it's like, and gas, so it's like, it's not going to be three months after when the event was supposed to happen. It's like, oh, now I can go into this water because mm-hmm. I'm not using it. Now I can go into these canned goods. Now I can go into this yeah. gasoline. It's like, no, this just stays here. So if something does happen, I still, I'm still prepared. Yeah, no, I don't you prepare know? on that basis because I've been through so many of them that like, if you prepare for like all of the time, like if you have like an, a supply thing all the time, they just run out. So like we just got used to like the- back home, we just got used to like every time we prepared for a hurricane. By the time that the hurricane was over, we just had to restock anyway. So, like, we just waited till we hurricane season and then restocked. They don't have to do that in Charlotte. Yeah. <laughs> I'm saying they don't have to do that. And, and no just, one does it. That's yeah. what I'm saying. But no one does it. Everybody yeah. just panics and buys 20 pounds of bread because they haven't been through fucking 15 hurricanes one every year. Like, I have been in Puerto Rico mm-hmm. or, like, Wilmington has been over every the year. last fucking 10 years. Yeah. But, like, the panic happens because people are fucking idiots. And then go, we have talked about this hurricane for 25 minutes. Mm-hmm. Fuck this hurricane. Yes. And fuck people. Yes. That panic at the last fucking minute. You're the fucking problem. That, I think that's where <sighs> we can agree on. Yeah. I don't care how you prepare. Just don't fucking drag me into your conversation about the fucking hurricane. In the when panic, we're in the, yeah. we're, we're in the panic. When you're panicky and I'm fine over there. Because I haven't been panicked. I haven't been panicked. No. I prepared a fucking week ago when they announced it. That's when I prepared. That's when we prepared. I'm fine. I haven't talked to anyone about the fucking hurricane because I know what I'm doing. Mm. But it's the idiot yesterday at Denny's. That's at Denny's because they haven't fucking bought food mm. to eat. And so there are Denny's in the middle of like a storm at night, trees flapping everywhere. I'm just there because I know I'm fine. Yeah. I'm just there because I wanted a fucking burger. You're here because you didn't prepare. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. Those are the idiots. Those are the people you should be slapping in the face every time you talk about the fucking hurricane. Yeah. What were we arguing about? <laughs> 
What were we arguing about? I, I think you thought my point was that no one should prepare because no hurricane is going yes. to happen. Yes. And the argument is is why weren't you already previously prepared? Because there's going to be a hurricane scare every single year. And what are you? Not in Charlotte though. There's not a hurricane scare in Charlotte every single year. I mean, you hear about the hurricanes. I, I, like I said, I'm just I'm, I've had I've experienced a hurricane that hit yeah. Charlotte. And even though, like we said, the chances of it happening are very slim, and people believe that it's so slim, that's why they don't even prepare in the first place. You know what I'm saying? Even though that the chances are so slim. I'm just always prepared for it just yeah. in case. And the people, whenever they hear about it, they're like, oh, shit, it can actually happen. And they go out of panic. So I'm just like, what's with the yeah, panic? Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, you're panicking. The panicky stuff is crazy. Let's talk about the boondock sites. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're coming to... There are hurricanes happening. Yeah. I haven't heard of a single fucking one of them because there's been no panic about them yeah. in Charlotte. Yeah. I live in Charlotte. Wilmington has panicked about them. Mm-hmm. I haven't because no. I've been in fucking Charlotte. I haven't heard about Same. them. Same. But the moment we hear about one, then everybody in Charlotte starts freaking out because they don't usually hear about hurricanes. Mm. That's all I'm saying. That's why there's panic, because we're not emotionally ready to handle a fucking hurricane. Mm. It's just, that, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. But I believe you that there's been hurricanes. It's just, whatever. 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 <laughs> fucking boondock sayings. Welcome back to the For Film Say Podcast, everybody. I fucking hate hurricanes. Have I made that clear? <laughs> Goes a rundown, Chris. All right. Uh, we're doing the Boondock Saints. is a rated R film that came out in 1999. It's listed as a crime drama with a runtime of one hour and 50 minutes. Uh, the rundown is, tired of the crime overrunning the streets of Boston, Irish Catholic twin brothers Connor and Murphy, Murphy played by Norman Reedus from uh, The Walking Dead, uh, are inspired by their faith to cleanse their hometown of evil with their own brand of zealous and vigilante justice. As they hunt down and kill one notorious gangster after another, they become controversial folk hero in the community. Uh, William Defoe is also in here. He's playing Paul Smecker. He's an eccentric FBI agent. I like how they just call him Paul eccentric. <laughs> eccentric is a, yeah. an euphemism for something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and he's fast closing in on their blood-soaked trail. Uh, the writer-director is Troy Duffy. It stars William Defoe, Sean Patrick Flannery, and Norman Reedus. Sam Patrick Flannery. What's what else has been in? Uh, I had, I don't recognize him yeah, from anything else. I. Like I mean, it, this movie. What, what year did this come out? Ninety nine. So it's like I haven't seen him anything since ninety nine. Neither have I. Yeah. Uh, this is a. I watched this movie incidentally like two months ago. Uh, yeah, uh, I recommended yeah, it a few yeah. while back. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I watched it bef- like before we even talked about it. I was just in like I was in Hillsborough. And, or at least I didn't remember you recommended. Oh, but see, I told you to put it on your wish like a long time ago, like a year ago. And you said like, I put it on my wish list, and no, then I actually brought it up again. He was like, "It's on the list." Yeah. <laughs> I just then, watched it one day in Hillsboro. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. And I was, we were taking a break from shooting, yeah. and I had four hours to kill, so I just watched it. Nice. Without any remembering that you even fucking recommended it. All right. So I guess I killed three birds with that stone. All right. Um, fucking who's the director again? Uh, Troy. Troy Duffy. Troy Duffy. Troy Duffy. Yeah. It sounds like a like. The Simpsons beard. Like a beard duff. Yeah, beard buff. Anyway, uh, fucking interesting, interesting movie. Yeah. It, it pretty much became a cult classic right from the get-go. Oh, uh, right? yeah, it did. Uh, a lot of people don't like it. A lot of people think it's a bad movie. Uh, 20% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. 20% on Rotten Tomatoes? 20? 20%. What about the critic score? 91%. Well, no, no, no. no, no. user review was uh, 91%. Critic score is 20%. Why the fuck the critic hates this movie so much? I can understand yeah. why critically it will be hated, and I can understand why, like, user people would love it so much, like yeah. how it could be just courtly followed so hardcore. That's fucking interesting to me. Because I looked up the reviews and everything I saw was like relatively positive. Oh. There was a couple of mixed reviews. Yeah. But I didn't see anyone just fucking outright hate the movie, except yeah. for 
one guy. And I, he was talking about Boondock Saints too. Mm, no, that was thing. shit. I didn't yeah. like two. Mm. Um, this is, so two Catholic boys, mm-hmm. uh, two Irish Catholics yep. uh, that suddenly get inspired by God, in air quotes, okay. to rid the world of evil. Yeah. It's a pretty awesome premise. Mm-hmm. Not going to lie. Uh, the interesting thing about this movie is like, like how they're presented. Like it, it almost feels like it has the supernatural edge to them. Like they're good at being hitmen. Mm. They're good at fighting. They've been alone in the land for I don't know however many long in that city. Is it in New York? Um, I think so. I think it's New York. I'd assume it. Brooklyn, yeah. maybe. Yeah, I think the other thing was New York. No. And so, like, they've been in New York for some amount of time. They know how to speak, like, seven languages. Like, they're just yeah. weird people. They yeah, their mom, their mom taught them, like, yeah, like, seven different languages. Mm-hmm. And it was like, why, why the fuck are you guys working in, like, a meat factory then? <laughs> you know, it makes no sense. <laughs> uh, so the movie's, like, about this weird two characters that we get no real explanation for. Mm-hmm. They get into one fight with a Russian mob. And then in jail, yeah. they have this really dramatic moment where they both wake up from bed. Like, as if God just, like, lifted them from their chest up. Yeah. And then it was just like, all right, I guess we got to go kill everybody. And then that's what they do. Yeah, they got to kill all the bad people. They got to yeah. rid all the evil. And that that, beca- that creates like um, kind of like a, the Batman or the superhero type um, thing within the community. The community was like, oh, well, they're good guys. They're angels. They're saints. You know, they're ridding the community of all the bad people. You know, and then another half is like, well, they're not, poli- they're not police officers. This is vigilante justice. You mm-hmm. know, you got to hunt them down, yada, yada. So it's, it's, it's creating a terror within the community. And you can also see by the end that it's creating a tear within our. Would you consider William Defoe our true main character of this? He's this a movie? protagonist. You, you think I don't so, know yeah. if main character, but protagonist. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. He's definitely our. Well, he's the person that we're following. So, yeah, our protagonist. I like to call our protagonist the main character a lot of the time. But yeah, because uh, yeah. I think the movie is really played on the point of view of, of the, brothers, the brothers. You think? Yeah. Yeah, I think like we follow the main characters are the brothers. Okay. But the protagonist that because the A story and the B story. This is, a, this is a really well-structured movie because the A story oh, yeah. and the B story start out entirely separate, yep. but they converge until the end of the movie, and then it becomes like a C story, mm. and there's only one story from yep. there. And so like that's why I like this movie so much. I feel like the, the start of, we start from the brothers, and yeah. we start from Willem Dafoe, and then we see them as separate characters with separate stories, separate motivations, align into the same motivation. Mm. It's really interesting. I mean... So, <clears throat> so that's why I would say that the don't die on me. So yeah. I, I think that's why I would say that Willem Dafoe is a protagonist. He is definitely. But the main characters are the the brothers. Yeah, uh, yeah. William, William Dafoe's character, you can see it's a change in him. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have a goddamn coughing fit here in a <laughs> no, second. You're fine. So bear with bear with the <laughs> voice. By the time you get to the the end of the movie, you can see that he actually feels something for the brothers. Mm-hmm. He's been hunting them down the entire movie, but there's something even within inside of himself that sees that. Maybe these guys are on the righteous path. Maybe they are doing what they should be doing. Because if I was in their shoes, then I would be doing the exact same thing. Right. There's so much red tape in the legal system. So many of these people that are doing crimes and, and murders are just being put back on the street mm-hmm. when I could just be taking them out like these guys. Right. You know, so it's like, yeah, I'm, 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 I really like William Defoe's character a lot in, in this movie. On, on, on top of the, I guess you would have to have someone playing a gay man 
to get away with saying some of the most homophobic things that, I, that I've seen like in like a, in a movie. Well, that's part in of the comedy. Yeah. Oh, it definitely of, is. Yeah. yeah, it's part of the. I think since, he, since they Kiss did Kiss that Bang Bang, that's the last time since I've seen Kiss Kiss Bang Bang was was the movie where they had a, a gay guy. Yeah, and there was like or it was a uh, Van Kilmer. Yeah, yeah, the gay yeah, guy, yeah, yeah. And there was like a lot of uh, homophobic slurs type stuff in there, and I was like, oh, well, that's it's comedic because oh, you know, it's okay. Mm-hmm. But like in this movie, it was the same, and he just calling people fags and fairies and all kinds of shit. I'm like, whoa, bro. But it was like it just. It, it made it very comedic. I, I like it. I think it's also the irony in which he plays him because he's a mm. gay dude himself. Yeah. But he, he sort of goes against the stereotypes of gay men at mm. the time. Yeah. And I just like one of my favorite scenes when he's like talking. He's just had sex with this dude and he's talking on the phone. Yeah. And then he slaps him out of the way because the dude's being annoying. He's just like, what, what are you doing? Yeah, I, I just wanted to cuddle. He's like, what a fag. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like the irony comes from the fact that he is a gay man himself. Yeah. Because the, the word isn't. I think it's because it's not directed to offend. It's just no. like it's directed at the stereotype that is already offensive to mm-hmm. gay men in general. Yeah. So I think that they're playing an ironic twist it is. on William Dafoe. Very much. And Willem Dafoe. And that's why that's that's why they get away with it mm-hmm. really easily. Um, but the language is very problematic. Oh, oh man. <laughs> so they, they have a scene to where um, when they had like the Mission Impossible thing to where they, they fall through the goddamn <laughs> roof and they start shooting in just a nonsensical way. It's, 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 it's very funny, but um, uh, William Defoe, he's there and it was like, um, it's like, so they were trying to find out what happened and say uh, the target, that was their target, the fag man. Mm-hmm. He was like, what was that? It was like, uh, the fat man. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, Freud was right. <laughs> like a Freudian so slip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, they just throw little jabs like that throughout the entire movie. I'm like, it's just the, the dialogue is. And he's got some very effeminate mannerisms mm-hmm. to the entire time. Yeah. And when he's at the script club thing, he's mm-hmm. sort of laying around in this pink, fluffy thing with mm-hmm. like a pink, fluffy scarf. Yeah. Like, just being really effeminate. And I think that it distracted from all of the, the hyper violence that was going on on the brother side, mm-hmm. seeing this Willem Dafoe character being so eccentric and interesting. Yeah. And sort of funny uh, in the B story. And I think that's why the movie doesn't get exhausting. I feel like if it was like big, like like tough Catholic twins just shooting shit mm. and then tough detective cop hunting down Catholic twins, it'd just be like too too much in, in the way of like tough, ugh, tough men yeah. fighting each other. And so I think that Willem Dafoe's effeminate character balances out all of the other traditionally male characteristics. Uh, the, the sequencing is something that I that I liked a lot. It was um, reminiscent a lot of, like, I haven't seen this in, like since like two, since two thousand and eight. Mm-hmm. So this is the first time I'm like really trying to analyze the movie, yeah. and it made me think so much about like somebody like really like sucking the cock of Pulp Fiction, mm-hmm. like just both hands in and out like with the balls, because mm-hmm. like just the similarities. Like the, the, it's, not, it's not sequels the same as Pulp Fiction, but just even the uh, the, the cut to black three days later or shooting a sequence from this is the end of an action scene and then working our way backwards, you yeah. know, with that. So it's like how you're saying, starting with the, the A story and uh, with, with the brothers, mm-hmm. and then, oh, now we're going to go all the way to the end with the, the B story with mm-hmm. William Defoe. This is the conclusion of the action. Right. So how do I piece together what happened in the A yeah. story? And often we would see the conclusion of the sequence with the brothers mm-hmm. and we just see the end of it. Yeah. And then when Willem Dafoe is uh, sort of examining the scene, then we get to see how it all happened mm-hmm. in the sort of like interesting flashback hybrids between real time. Yeah. And like, I like how intricate they started getting because the first one was just a straight up flashback. Mm-hmm. But by the time that we're in the shootout where everything goes wrong and like where Rocco loses a finger. Oh, uh, the, uh, the like, one outside with yeah, the, yeah. the poker, the poker game. Yeah. 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 The poker game. Once yeah. we get to that, 
William Defoe's all into the flashback. Oh, like yeah. he is in the middle of the frame when these people are going in, yep. they're freeze framing. He's acting out the shooting with yeah. the guys. So like that idea of like he's getting more and more into the mindset of these criminals yeah. is served really well through those like murder scene flashbacks. Yeah. And then that helps also uh, tie it together because then he becomes more acquainted to them mm. and he's turning into them yep. in a way. And mm -hmm. so like he's been in their head for so long and he's so good at sort of getting into the mindset that would be doing this thing yeah. that he sort of, his morality becomes twisted to match their morality mm -hmm. and the progression of those murder scenes and those flashbacks serve to, Put that in the system because the first one he was barely he wasn't even in the flashback no. he was just sort of flashback. Or the second, yeah, yeah. And then the last one he is in They're the together. all of the flashback. Yeah. They're working together. Now. Mm -hmm. And after that shootout is when Willem Dafoe starts collaborating with them. Mm -hmm. So I, I I like that sequencing as well because it's not only is it interesting sequencing but it's sequencing that provides to the story. There's there's something that they try to do um, by image on, on the screen, and exactly to your point, what you're talking about, how by by the time we get to the C part, by the end, with them coming together and just all being in one frame, mm -hmm. there was something that can come off as very cheesy. That um, when when William Defoe was talking about um, oh, there was a firefight, mm -hmm. and then you just hear music in the background, and he's he's just kind of dancing like he's conducting an orchestra mm -hmm. and doing fake finger guns, and then they finally show him on his knees, shirt halfway open with the actual gun, and shooting <laughs> into the air, you know. But it's like why you know this these is not happening real time when where you at. So why are you firing a gun you know in the middle of the air right now? So it's like. A lot of the critics, they were bashing, you know, how just mm -hmm. cheesy and overly dramatic, you know, that is. And a lot of the other things that, that are happening in the movie as far as um, the soundtrack, you know, over top of like... The soundtrack uh, is very sort of like, like early, late 80s yeah. or like 90s kind of pop Like rock. 90s type, yeah, yeah. 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 You know, but um, but what I but I don't want to bash on that um on that scene mm -hmm. because I want to I want to think that the director Troy with the only reason he has his gun and is actually firing is just like a metaphor of like you said them two coming together yeah. as one like this and now this is part of reality uh, the firing gun stuff so mm -hmm. I mean it's just because he got he got so carried away in mm -hmm. the brother's mentality yeah that he fired his actual his gun actual gun yeah it is a moment of the character adopting a new philosophy yes yes and immediately after that is a scene where he starts freaking out about the blood samples mm -hmm. because he still thinks that he's doing the right thing by catching these brothers yeah. and then he has a tantrum and then he finds the finger yep but he doesn't report the finger. Just immediately puts it in his pocket. Yeah. That, that tantrum was pretty awesome, though. Yeah. <laughs> so what the fuck? And he just <laughs> fucks everywhere and shit, falls into the bushes, and there's like a lady, what is she, like a forensics, I guess? Yeah. She's forensics trying to get the blood and realize there's ammonia all over it, can't even get a get, get them clean sample. He's screaming at his top of his lungs, has a tantrum, falls on the ground, sees, <laughs> sees the finger, calmly puts it in his pocket, mm. stands up. Now, his shirt is like halfway open <laughs> still. He just finished full tantrum. He looks ridiculous. Yeah. And he kind of just fixes his tie a little bit. And it was like, oh, <laughs> nope, I'm fine. I got my dignity back. <laughs> okay. We're good. We're and good. they show her in the background looking at him like, what the <laughs> fuck just happened? <laughs> Will and Defoe is my favorite thing in this movie. Mm. He's so fucking good in this. He's, he's very good. <laughs> oh, yeah. I like, uh, I like it the, so talking about the, the stylization of the movie, because it is very, Tarantino influence, mm -hmm. it, like absolutely, just in the way, even the accidental shooting of the cat, mm. you know, like yeah. it's, it's very Tarantino. Seriously, yes, very much. And uh, I, I love that scene, and I love when Rocco uh, comes back, like, uh, okay, no, sorry, I, I, I miss, you know when they shoot the thing and then Rocco comes into the room to shoot other Russian mobsters, and he's got a revolver, 
and uh, oh yeah, yeah, the yep, twin brothers yep. are still there. Yep. And it's just like, fuck, fuck, fucking, what the fuck? Who the fuck? Why the fuck is this? Up? Like that whole tantrum. Yep. And then they cut to a close up of Connery, and he just goes like, "Well, that certainly shows the versatility of the word." Yeah, diversity of the word. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Those are the moments in this movie that I really, really, really love mm. because they are directly influenced by people like Tarantino. Yes. And hardcore. it's it's great to see that stylization being used uniquely mm. that's someone by by someone that's not sort of, I don't want to say the creator of that style, but the one that mainstream that, yeah. that style of cinema. It's just interesting to see. That that's just like that's really going down a rabbit hole. You know, so far down a rabbit hole because Tarantino is someone who's taking taking the best parts of movies that, that he likes, you know, yeah. and has become a director that's been able to um what will be what was that what will be the word for that um that uh, takes like a collage of things or um takes from different places there's a word for something transformative uh, metamorphosize uh, uh, well yeah yeah, yeah. we know what we're saying though, yeah but it's taking from so many different places and then creating its own product mm-hmm. and then you have other people studying someone who was taking from other people to take make their own product you yeah. know so it's like now that's what we're seeing from him you know and it's just like so f- weird just seeing how far that rabbit hole can and that, go that's all of cinema cinema yes. is like the next generation learning from the past generation and over and over and over generation who learned from it. Yeah. And that it's a cycle it's mm-hmm. a cycle oh yeah and then some of us go through the just skip a couple generations and go right to the source but a lot of the time we learn from the filmmakers right before before us Mm -hmm. uh so like it makes sense that this guy was heavily influenced by By huge director dogs and pulp fiction oh yeah uh and it 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 just it just makes sense and i think that troy duffy Mm -hmm. uh did a fantastic job at acquiring that influence from tarantino Mm -hmm. and then maintaining his style and at the same time, providing us with a, a solid structure of a movie. Death structure yeah. was one hundred percent there. Like if 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 anything, if I'm gonna harp on some of the great things that he did, structure one hundred percent there and dialogue. Dialogue was amazing. I mean, it's like, like dialogue. I can't take anything off from. I was after after doing this movie, mm-hmm. I went back to see if he's done anything else because, like I said, I haven't seen this since like two thousand and eight, right. and it's still um, Boondock Saints two, and he has one other movie that's supposed to be coming out soon, but it's just like Boondocks two sucked so fucking bad. But mm-hmm. what I what I was wanting to know, like some, from analyzing it, you see how we're saying the structure is so good and the way that he made this movie mm-hmm. is this a one trick pony type of guy? Is what I what I wanted to know because I'm like you can't make right. this type of movie again. It would be like if uh, Christopher Nolan and Jonathan Nolan made Memento, and then it was like okay. Okay, can they make anything else? Well, that's that's interesting because I feel similarly about Shane Black and Guy Ritchie. Mm. You know, they are very Mm. much in the same vein of Troy Duffy. Mm. Like, they have a style. Yeah. They know how to do that style well. Yeah. And almost every movie they make falls along that style. Yeah, they're good movies too. And the movies that don't necessarily fall on that style tend to flop. Guy Ritchie with King Arthur. Uh, You know? So, like, it's just, like, they're good at that specific thing. Mm. But how many times can they use that specific thing to make a good movie mm. is really the question. And I, and, and, and I don't know if Troy Duffy is really a one-trick pony. We don't, we don't um, have any evidence. We just, yeah, yeah, like, I guess he has yeah. to make another thing, yeah. a couple of other things. Yeah. But in terms of, like, if, the, like, if he understands movie structure for his other films the way that he understands it for here, yeah. and then he's got something he wants to say... I believe that he can marry those two together and come up with a really great film. But you're right. For right now, it really does look like he made one amazing movie Mm. based on, like, references from another thing, and now he just can't 
producing our film. The, the, the great thing is like what we're like going going down further down the hole is like what I was looking at is I'm thinking the the reason why he was so successful with this is like you're saying having a great idea mm-hmm. besides being able to have the structure and studying you know the people of the past is having a great idea and the great idea in this was that morality of you know the vigilante justice with these Catholic Irish guys going over and taking um taking justice into their own hands Mm -hmm. and the morality of right and wrong. So somewhere within his mind, this is something that he's been wrestling with for years and years and years and decided to put that into source. There's something else that he really cares about so much Mm -hmm. that he can put into his already very good structure, you know, that because he knows how to make a movie. But like you said, if you were making a movie without saying anything, you got them jacking off and we're not going to watch it. Yeah, right. And and that's kind of the thing. But I also love the religious symbolism of this film. Mm. Uh, And it's not much in the way of symbolism. Like, it's not hitting. But it's it's uh, the it's interesting to see the virtue of morality about two assassins being explored to the vein of God and faith, mm. because the twins really do believe that they are doing the Lord's work. Yes, one hundred percent. And then the police, Paul Schmeckers, who sounds like a jar of jelly, <laughs> Smeckers. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, he believes that he's doing. The like human work, yeah. but he believes that he's doing the correct thing. The, the law of the land. The law of the land. Yeah. And so it's interesting to see that for this filmmaker, it seems like the word of God mm. is more important than the law of the land. Yep. That's really what he's trying mm-hmm. to say. Because it's a, it's a morality of fight between what you believe is good for the soul and mm. good in the word of God yep. versus what you believe is good in the law of mankind. Exactly. And that's really the thematic of the movie. It is. And and it really and it it really not like nails it down when at the end of the movie the dad who is the guy was that was trying to kill him and uh, we're, we're, and, and and like and, and rewatching is like how did you not notice how, well I guess he hasn't seen him in so long because he's been in jail but yeah. he's just like firing off and yeah. uh, and okay <laughs> how all of a sudden in this huge like he has six guns yeah. how how is everybody all of a sudden terrible at shooting. Right, yeah, you know, because both of the brothers beforehand, it's like Amazing when shots. when William Defoe was like analyzing their their shooting, it was like mm-hmm. these two guys are expert hitmen, yeah. and then there was another guy that's just yeah. terrible. <laughs> Good shooting, <laughs> shitty shooting. Yeah. yeah, So it's like we already have advertised that these guys mm-hmm. are very good shooters. You know right. what they do. Then now all of a sudden you're at a huge shootout with a guy point blank range directly in front of you, mm-hmm. and the guy that got out of jail or prison is in prison because he's one of the most expert hitmen and shooters yeah. in history. And now on Point Blake range in front of each other, it's just very convenient that no one gets uh, fatally injured because we have to get to the end of the movie. Right. And, <laughs> yeah. I, and I understand the brothers being shit at mm. that shootout because mm. every situation they've been in, they've been in control. Yeah. And it's never been backwards. Yep. So, like, I understand them Wh- being shit at yeah. shooting. Unexpected. But the other fucking guy, like, the old man, he should have popped him in the head. You know, he pulled up on them. He ambushed them. Right. You know, you see all three of them there. Like, what the fuck? Come on, bro. I thought, I really did think that... Uh, Rocker was gonna die in that shootout. Like I thought, that's where he was gonna die. Okay, yeah. I, I like that. that he, I like that he didn't. I like that they stuck him around. Yeah. Um. But like from that moment on, El Duce at the end of the movie when they've uh, reunited, their father and sons mm. now. Yep. Uh, Norman Reedus has no Connery asks, "How far are we gonna take this?" That, and that's he just line. goes, "It's not about how far we're gonna take this. It's about if you have the constitution to take this as far as it needs to be, mm-hmm. and the deep. You have the constitution and the." depth of faith mm. so it really is about like they think they're doing the lord's work yeah and in this director's i wouldn't be surprised if in this director's mind the lord's word 
played a huge part in his formative years. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. this is that struggle where, mm-hmm. like, he's, like, the sort of, I wouldn't say atheism versus Christianity, but, like, the, the secularism yes. of thought versus, versus yeah, really the morality Christianity of God. Re- yeah. And I think that's why this movie resonates so well and why it works so well yeah. with the structure, because that idea is coming through mm-hmm. at every time. Yep. So it's like, that's uh, the unfortunate thing is with Boondock Saints 2 mm-hmm. is just fleshing out that same, you know, thought process right. with just more action and more guns. But fortunately, it's like when you, like I said, when you get an actual thought and you're trying to get a message across, people can see that. People right. like a William Defoe who, who will come do a movie with a guy who has never done a movie before, you know, right. before Boondock Saints, write and direct it. So it's like whenever you have something that you're really trying to get across and you have to prove that you know how to make a fucking movie, yeah, you know, so I'm sure, assume he had a short that showed that he can technically make a movie and structure a movie correctly in the first mm-hmm. place you know but i would like to see in the future if he has another fucking idea you know because this this movie right here when you take a a moral yeah like like a, like a moral dilemma mm-hmm. you know and then throw it into action guns irish catholic type of stuff i mean that it just makes for entertainment all the way yeah. around you and know? the premise is really good mm. the premise about two are like irish catholic twins yeah uh extracting justice on their own so it's just it's just interesting to begin with it falls right into that line of like not the body cop genre but like the the the, again, the, the Taran- it falls into that a little bit but yeah. the tarantino gangster mm-hmm. partner but it's like the the body cop genre if they were gangsters mm-hmm. essentially is, yeah. it's what i'm saying yeah it falls right into that that flesh line we see a really affectionate lovely human relationship between mm. the two brothers so we connect with them we don't see them as bad people yeah because they're such human characters yeah and so i think that's part of everything connecting and and that's another part of why i really like this movie the relationship between the brothers mm. it feels like two brothers having a relationship and not like two guys pretending to be brothers. no no it feels because genuine. they're so affectionate and yeah. they're so caring for each other yeah and it, it they he sets that up immediately with uh, Connery fucking up his hands to get the toilet out. Oh, yeah, beginning. just bleeding, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, that, that's a great scene. Oh, that's amazing. That's, that's one of the first things that I remember going back. That, that There's just like that scene, close up on the hands mm-hmm. and the handcuffs on there, handcuffed around the, the back of a toilet mm-hmm. and lifting it up and it's just straining. You see on the cuffs, just bending into his fucking wrist yeah. and bleeding just everywhere and he's picking he picks his goddamn toilet up walks out to the not the a roof. balcony the, the a roof. like a roof mm-hmm. what, what, what are those uh, fire fire, ex- escape. fire yeah the fire yeah. escape walks over to the fire escape drops this shit off like five stories up mm-hmm. onto this guy's head <laughs> that's what's one of my favorite mm-hmm. scenes early in the movie it was like looked like he was just um like what was it like they said it was a cereal cereal crusher, crusher. yeah <laughs> <laughs> some guy's just sitting there crushing people. He had to be like 400, 500, 600 pound guy <laughs> crushing guys to death. So now we've got a zero crusher, Grinley. Get yeah. my coffee. Yeah. Which is my favorite running joke of the film. Yeah. That Grinley's always wrong and he has to get coffee for everybody. Yeah. I mean, I like how they set that up at the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's like William Defoe walks up and then he was like, um, he was like, oh, you think it's a serial crusher? Yada, 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 700 pound man. It was like, what? Who the fuck are you? He's like, this is who the fuck I am. <laughs> <laughs> and then he keeps talking. It's yeah. like, chief, what the fuck is this? Coffee. Coffee. Sweet and low. Yeah. It's just like William Defoe's character is so fucking flashy. Yeah. And like his introduction is, I, I get, I get, I guess I get why people think this movie's cheesy because like Willem be. Dafoe's inter- introduction is like slow motion, walking through a crowd of people, everybody holding things up for him and mm. like letting him through, and it's all very like melodramatic yeah. in a way. 
And like even the way like Willem Dafoe examines the first scene, it's just like he puts the headphones on and he gets into the opera and yep. he starts faffing about and then suddenly he has all of the answers. Like mm-hmm. it is very cheesy, but it is the kind like it's the kind of movie that it has to be in order to get all these ideas across. I think like. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I don't. I can't take anything off of um, his character dancing around like that. It's like I'm mm-hmm. reminiscent of like a Doctor House or any kind of just eccentric, yeah. uh, super unique, you know, type of type of guy that's just really. I mean, you've seen these characters, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. over time. So like, I, I want to say cheesy for that, but the the soundtrack hurts me so bad. Really? It's like from the, from the beginning of the movie where we're starting off and then we have like the Irish um, some music in the background just like just trying to show like okay these guys are Irish like I get it yeah. and we're going to play this music through the background. So for the first like seven minutes or so is just kind of like a montage of getting to know the characters mm-hmm. which i love the introduction of how we got to know them because mm-hmm. it just it sets it up so i don't need much more information after the oh, first yeah, 15 minutes really you know but it's just like the music and he introduces that, every important character yes early yeah. very he sets the music the movie up beautifully that's so what i'm like as far as like structure like this guy knows what the fuck he's doing right. and he had one good idea you know in this movie so was, i'm just like this is 1999 that's like 20 years ago now bro yeah. like if you are a very good filmmaker then i would like to see another example mm-hmm. because this is a good example no. you're or at the very least i'd like to see another script from him it, you know? i mean besides the sequel to boondocks which right, was right, shit right. you know so it's like yeah i mean i want to see more from him to know that he's just not like a one-off type of guy right. but at the same time i can't take much away from this product right yeah. <laughs> you know no i think that this movie is excellent it's it's, it's it's fun yeah it clicks all of the boxes for like 90s crime movie mm. Willem Dafoe is amazing. Norman Reedus and Sean Connery, and not Sean Connery, uh, uh, Sean Flannery. Sean Flannery, mm. um, do an amazing job at being the brothers. Oh, oh, the, when you were saying like that coming together, how you or you can really tell that is it seemed like more than acting. Like they really looked like they were brothers, but yeah. how compassionate they were with each other. Um, another scene where they were doing even more music over the top again, but um, mm. they were um. The, the guy, Rocco, had just gotten his finger, you know, mm-hmm. his finger was off, and they're sitting there cauterizing, you know, all mm-hmm. the wounds, their bullet wounds and everything, and you just hear the music in the background, you don't get to hear the screams, and they're all just holding each other hard as fuck, mm-hmm. you know, while they're cauterizing these wounds with a, uh, with a fucking iron, yeah. you know, a hot-ass iron, and at one point, you see both of the brothers, and he's behind him, and he's holding them tight as fuck as he's mm-hmm. getting burned, you know, hard yep. as fuck with this fucking iron, and you can just look at their faces. It zooms in on their faces, you know, and I don't know, you can just, it just it feels like a very strong relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it feels you know? genuine. It does. It, it feels really amazingly genuine, and yeah. that's, a, that's a huge feat for Norman Reedus and... Um, a huge achievement, I shouldn't say feet, but a huge achievement for Rita's and, and Flannery. Yeah. That's why I'm surprised, like, 99, I still haven't seen anything else from Flannery. Like, yeah, well, Norman I, Reed, you know, Walking Dead for the last, last 70 years, he's been doing that show. You know, now so, he's working <laughs> with Kojima. He's, what's he he's the main character in Death Stranding. What's, what's that? Uh, it's Kojima's, Hideo Kojima's new game. So Hideo Kojima got oh, fired from yes. Kojima. Yeah. Yes. Guillermo del Toro is the lead creative director of the game. Yes, I heard about it, yes. Mm-hmm. I've I seen this. Uh, they they uh, made an announcement for it, like, uh, E3 on uh, a yeah. PS4 game. Yeah, because yep. he was gonna be he was gonna be in the next Silent Hills. He yep. was gonna be the the next main character of Silent Hills, mm. and then that project got canceled. Kojima fired Hideo, and then Hideo partnered up with Guillermo del Toro, mm. and then Norman Reedus again to make that Stranding. Nice, and it's fucking great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so Reedus is doing a lot of interesting mm-hmm. work. I'm mm-hmm. really interested to see where he's going into. Oh, is same. he still in The Walking Dead? Yeah, like they, they got rid of uh, Rick is out after this season, yeah. so they made him the main character of The Walking Dead. No. That, that honestly might be a good choice. 
I was getting a little. I guess people I mean, are getting tired of it. You're not about to watch it no. because of that, and I'm not going to no. go back because of it either. <laughs> we'll have to like. I'm curious to see what happens after Rick's gone, mm. and then see how that season plays out. Because Norman's Norman has always been a fucking fan favorite. Yes. So, oh yeah. Like, it's, I'm just curious to see what that reaction the fan will have. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know what Flannery's been doing, but Norman Reedus is a lot of good work. Man, it's, and that's, that's, that's a very peculiar thing about it because when people are as talented as you feel they are, then you get to see more examples of that through the future. Like, even if Norman Reedus is doing working on a product that we're not paying attention to in Walking Dead, right. we still see that his talent has, you know, gone over the test of time. Yeah. But I'm like, well, this is something that we're both identifying as talent, you know, with this movie from, um, was Troy Duffy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, from Troy Duffy. We're both identifying this as talent, as somebody that knows what they're doing. So it's just like, where are you over the last 20 years? Same thing with Sean Flannery. Right. It's like we're identifying that there's no denying you did a very good job. Yeah. So why has that not been translating over the years? So there, there's so, I, don't, I don't know what happened yeah. on this movie, but you did a good job. Right. And there may be personal <laughs> issues. Like maybe they just don't want to do any more of the work. And that's fine. But that's interesting to see like where that talent has ended up with over the years. True. Um, but I, I think I think this is a this is a fantastic movie. Mm. It's fun. Yeah. It has really good structure. Oh yeah. It has a clear message that it wants to say. Yep. And in terms of like performances, it's fucking spectacular. Yes. Um. So, I guess what would you give it? Um, I'm gonna give it an eight with a highly recommend that you see it. Like, there's there's some movies where I'm like, this is an eight, but I'm never gonna watch it again, and right. I can't recommend that you go see it. Mm. Uh, this movie is an eight, and I definitely recommend that you see it because you're gonna like it. It's yeah. a fun movie. You know. I mean, I watched this movie three times, and two of them were yesterday and this morning. Nice. So it's just a fun movie it to is. watch. I just like it a lot. Yeah. It's very stylized. Uh, people people will often cite it as like stylized with no substance. The substance, yeah. I'm just like, ah, eh, you're right. Mm. <laughs> but it's, a, I There's get something it. There. It's, it's just very heavily stylized. Oh, yeah. And uh, I like it a lot. I'm gonna give it an 8.5. Nice. And I, and, I, and I will say that you, you should watch it. I think it's yes. a fantastic experience. Yeah. And uh, give it a, especially if you like the Tarantino-esque kind of film and oh, yeah. dialogue. Yeah. And the Shane Blackiness banter and all mm-hmm. that kind of shit. Then go, go watch it. Yeah. I guess that's it. Yeah. We're going <laughs> to cut and then go to television and movie from That's how I feel about Jim Carrey's kidding. Oh, kidding, yeah. Dave Holstein, the guy, writes so much in the style that I want to, that I'm writing in and want to make stuff in yeah. that I just can't help but fucking admire how well he does it. Mm. And so like, that's kind of, that's kind of been my experience right now with Dave Holstein. Did you see episode two? Yeah. I still yeah. haven't seen episode two yet. It's I don't have showtime. It's, it's fucking great. Yeah. I have a subscription. I'll give you my pass. I mean, I'm, I'm going to wait like, well, how long is that subscription going to last? Because I, I like to wait till at least as like... As long as I have Spotify. Oh, okay. Because yeah. so. I'm like, I want to wait till like we get five episodes in and then mm-hmm. watch them all at once. But hell yeah, I will end up taking you up on that offer. I'm so fucking excited. I think episode three comes out today. Yeah. So Same I'm into yeah. it. Uh, anyway. Uh, welcome back, uh, television and movie premieres. All right, uh, this week in television and movie premieres, starting Tuesday, September the 18th through Monday, September the 24th. Uh, the first thing this Tuesday, September the 18th, is D.O. Hughley, Contrarian. It's a comedy special on Netflix. Uh, you guys may remember D.O. Hughley from the original Kings of Comedy um, from back in the day when uh, Steve Harvey, Bernie Mac, D.O. Hughley, and uh, one other very famous comedian that I'm not able to think of at the time. But uh, D.O. Hughley has a stand-up special. It's going to be on Netflix this Tuesday, September the 18th. Be sure to check that out. Uh, the next thing is going to be on the exact same day, another uh, stand-up comedian. Uh, his name is Jim Jeffries. It's the Jim Jeffries oh, yeah. Show. Uh, yeah, wait, it's back. I thought he got canceled. Oh, uh, no, he's back. Oh, it cool. is back. It's going to be on Comedy Central at 10.30 p.m. Tuesday, September the 18th. 
So, um, yeah, like, I mean, I, I'm a really big fan of Jim Jeffries' comedy style. Mm -hmm. This guy's vulgar as all hell. Like, no holds bars. Like, I, 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 I dig Jim Jeffries. Yeah, he's, re he's really good. Oh, yeah. But that's, uh, that's Tuesday, September the 18th. Make sure you check that out. The next thing is going to be Friday, September the 21st. Uh, this is called Maniac. It's a miniseries. It's a maniac. Maniac on the road. I was on the floor. Fuck. <laughs> oh, this is a song about women being terrible drivers. She's a maniac on the road. <laughs> this is um, it's real maniac. It's a comedy drama on Netflix. Uh, the rundown is a darkly comedic miniseries based on a 2014 Norwegian show. Maniac reunites Superbad co-stars Jonah Hill and Emma Stone as strangers connected by an unusual. An unusual tr pharmaceutical trial that doesn't go to plan. Interesting. Okay. Uh, who else is in this? Uh, Sally Field and Justin Thoreau is going to be in it as well. Justin, so isn't that the fucking Canadian prime minister? Nah, uh, Justin Thoreau, he's the guy that was uh, with Jennifer. Trudeau. Trudeau is the prime minister. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. I don't know that guy. Who's uh, Thoreau? J Justin Thoreau. Oh, um, the movie that we've seen him in, he was in a Mulholland Drive. He was thin, white guy. I think he was wearing sunglasses for the most of the, the yes. movie. Okay. Yeah, I got you. Just throw. He'll he'll be in it. And uh, Sally Field. That's uh, Friday, September the twenty first. Maniac on Netflix. Uh, the last television show is going to be the same day this Friday. It's called Quincy. It's a, a documentary about music on Netflix. It's about Quincy Jones. Um, if anybody has seen um, Parks and Recreation, mm -hmm. Rashida Jones is Quincy Jones's daughter. Okay. Quincy Jones was huge, well, still is. He was huge and very influential in music in the 70s and late 80s. So Michael Jackson, in, any kind of like great was he music. A producer? Yeah, yeah, know. huge music producer. But um, they have a documentary on his life as he won't be with us for very much longer. So mm -hmm. just trying to celebrate him while he's here. But that's uh, Quincy. It's a documentary music on Netflix, Friday, September the 21st. All right. And going into movies, uh, the first thing we have is a movie called Fahrenheit 11 9. So I'm sure people have heard of Fahrenheit 9 11, the Michael Moore movie. Mm, oh, yeah. And this one is Fahrenheit 11 9. Is documentary? Yes. Fine, okay. Yep. And this one is also about Michael Moore. <laughs> this is um so Michael. Really, you gotta pick a new a new stick. You know, Michael. it's like nine eleven. They know the nine eleven. Let me just flip the numbers it's around. Been, it's been seventeen years. So yeah. Take it easy. But eleven nine isn't that the is that a new date? Is is that the Boston bombing or something like that? Uh, he says Michael Michael Moore's Fahrenheit eleven nine is a provocative and comedic look at the times in which we live now. It, it will explore the two most important questions of the Trump era: how the fuck do we get here, and how the fuck do we get out? Uh, the director is Michael Moore. I'm I'm not sure. I I, I dig that. Premise. It just seems exploitative. Oh, that everybody hates Trump, so let's make a movie about fuck Trump. Yeah, I mean, um, I get it. You have a market, but it's just like it just feels like it feels like he's not really examining anything. It feels like he's just communicating I'm, a thought. I'm okay with it, and I'm also not okay with it. Right, so let yeah. me explain why. So I'm okay with it because it's coming from Michael Moore, and this is on brand for him. Mm -hmm. So it's like he has almost 20 years of doing this type of thing, mm -hmm. and I'm also not okay with it because I feel like maybe his brand is to exploit things that everyone is talking about from the left. Right, you know, yeah. So it didn't matter if, if whatever people on the left are angry about, that's what's going to be on brand for him, regardless if he feels strongly about it or not. Yeah, yeah. This is something that I can exploit and you know make something out of, but um, it just, it, it just feels exploitative. For yeah, some it, it, it it feels I'm like, like sure it is. that may be on brand for him, but I just I've just never liked that sort of political look. Yeah. Like if you're doing a political documentary, 
I feel like they have to be as fact-based as possible because yes. opinion is the thing that's killing politics. Yeah. So it's just like, don't fucking play into it, Michael Moore. You're better than this. Is he, though? No. But that's, that's Fahrenheit 11.9 is coming out this weekend. Uh, the next thing is called Life Itself. Uh, it's rated R, 118-minute runtime. It's a drama romance. has a 28 meta score. Is that the chick from, the, from Wish Upon? I don't. I never no, see okay. Whatever. The, the, the last one in the poster. Oh, mm-hmm. no, maybe. Sure, sure. Whatever. But um, it's as as a, the rundown is a, as a young New York couple goes from college romance to marriage with the birth of their first child. The unexpected twists of their journeys create what the hell. So so this is this is just a this is just a a, a rom not even calm just a, a romance movie mm-hmm. with Oscar Isaac and Olivia Wilde. No, I'm hard pass. So I mean, it's like, like, cause it's like you would see, you would see Oscar Isaac and Olivia Wilde. Like I fucks with Oscar Isaac. It's like real tough. Yeah, you fucks with too. And I really love Olivia, Olivia Wilde. Wilde. Me too. Yeah. You know, like love both of them. You know, it was like, all right, 28 meta score. At least you know, put it out there because both of these people are really good. We appreciate their work. We want to see them continue to flourish in life. But what the fuck kind of abomination of a romance movie is this? They're doing hard the, pass. The, like Oscar Isaac is not moving into that Chris Pratt territory. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was in Star Wars. Yeah, he is trying to trying to get up in that. Well, like the, he's a movie star now, so he people is. are just gonna go see an Oscar Isaac movie. So mm-hmm. that means that the movies he makes are not necessarily that great. great. Now. No, they don't have to be because no. he's Oscar. He's Isaac. Oscar Isaac. Yeah, yeah. You just you, you want to go see Oscar Isaac? Here's the Oscar Isaac movie. Yeah. Here's more of that product. God damn it. <laughs> so, uh, that's life itself. It has a 26 meta score. So just think about that while you're at home. Yeah. Because when you, you're going to walk past the poster and you're going to see Oscar Isaac, you're going to be like, oh, I love Oscar Isaac. Oh, and he's kissing Olivia Wilde in this poster. I love Olivia Wilde. Let me go see this movie. 26 meta score. All yeah. right. So um, <laughs> If you want a good romance movie, check out Disobedience. Okay. Yeah. Uh, fantastic movie. All right. Don't like romance. Well, I mean, if it's a good romance, y'all like well, any it's, kind it's of like a, it's like a lesbian romance movie, and it's like a drama as well. So it's got a really good story, really well shot, really well written. Yeah. It's about a Jewish girl that's gay. That's pretty good. It's yeah. a Jewish woman that's gay. It's pretty great. I yeah. recommend it. Yeah. But uh, see, if you're gonna see a romance movie, you see a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah. yeah. Um. So that that's life itself. Uh. The next thing, the movie is called The Sisters Brothers. It's rated R, 121-minute runtime, listed as an adventure comedy crime, uh, has a 78 meta score. The rundown is in the 1850s of Oregon, a gold prospector is chased by the infamous duo of assassins, the Sisters Brothers. Uh, stars, oh, I've seen the trailer for this. It stars John C. Wiley, Joaquin Phoenix, mm-hmm. and Jake Gahulahe. Fucking <laughs> 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 Gyllenhaal. Uh, I'm excited for that. That actually doesn't look half bad. It looks pretty good. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the metal score is not too bad. It's 78. I really like the cast of John C. Wally and um, John C. Wally and Joaquin Phoenix, Jake Gyllenhaal. So I mean, yeah. Cool and hooly. <laughs> yeah, I'm, 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 I'm sorry, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> definitely gonna have you. I, I was having this uh, this discussion with my girlfriend this weekend mm-hmm. about who I felt was more talented between Jake or Maggie. Who who would you say? Because I'm, I'm watching, I'm watching Maggie in a in a t- in a, in a show the called The Deuce. Show, yeah. yeah, I've definitely seen more of Jake, of Jake than I've seen of Maggie. Yeah, but everything I've seen Maggie in, I've liked. You remember, what was that movie? The last thing I think you've seen her in, what was it? Um, mm. Ted, Fred, Frank, um, Frank, yeah, Frank, Frank. Yeah, 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 yeah she was that's the that. last I remember her in. Yeah, uh, she's fucking great. I wouldn't, 
I wouldn't say that one of them is more talented than the other. Mm. I just say that they have very different tastes in the films they make. That's exactly what me yeah. and Tessa said. Tessa was like, they're just a lot. They're very, very different. I'm like, yeah. Like, mm. I can't say one is better than the other, but I do want to see them acting beside each other again. Like, oh, yeah, I haven't seen that since great. Darko. You know? Suck a fuck. How does one suck a fuck? Suck a fuck. fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. But that's a, that's a Sisters Brothers is coming out this weekend. And it looks like the one of the biggest movies. Oh, hold on. We still got one more. Uh, Colette. Uh, Colette is rated R. It's a 101-minute runtime. It's a biography drama movie. It has a 74 meta score. Colette is pushed by her husband to write novels under his name. Upon their success, she fights to make her talents known, challenging gender norms. Kira Knightley is in this. Kira Knightley. I like Kira Knightley. Yeah, and it's a 74 meta score. So this is a movie that she's carrying on on her own. And I, I mean, hey, I mean, you got a movie that's supposed to be talking about a time where women are challenging gender norms. So this movie it might actually do all right. Yeah, that poster is pretty trash, though. Yeah, I mean, it's, not good good. it's not a good poster. It's not a good poster. The movie looks good. Yeah, <laughs> and Kira Knightley, you know, Kira Knightley's yeah. dope. She is dope. And the last but not least movie, maybe at least we'll find out, uh, is The House with a Cloak in Its Walls. Is a PG movie, 104 we minute runtime. We have to stop with the sentence. The, the long ass names, yeah. We have to stop. The House with a Cloak in Its Walls yeah. by the other house that has no cloak on its walls. Just part God two. Damn it. God damn it. Yeah. We have to stop. Long ass sentences. Yeah. Fucking finish the rundown so yeah. I can shit on it. <laughs> the house, the cloak <laughs> on his walls. <laughs> Just finish run. I don't even know about it, but I'm going to tell you, I'm about to shit on this. I'm going to take this shit right here. <laughs> it's a PG movie with a 104 minute runtime listed as a comedy, family, fantasy, horror, mystery, science fiction thriller. That's too much. It's too much. <laughs> it's, it already lost points on the fucking name. Mm-hmm. And now you're going to put seven genres at me? Get the yeah. fuck out of my theater. Yeah. That's literally seven <laughs> genres. Like, how can you have a movie with that many genres? Like, I can understand if you just wanted to say, I, this is without genre. This is genreless. And then I'm still going to think you're like some pretentious piece of shit fav. Like, mm-hmm. like, like the show Atlanta, if someone was like, what genre is that? I'm like, it doesn't really have a genre. It's like right. life. It just changes from day Surrealism. to day. Surrealism, maybe. Yeah. And you know, but like when you say it doesn't have a genre, they're like, what the fuck do you even mean? But it's like, I would rather you do that than to say that it's a comedy, family, fantasy, horror, mystery, science fiction, thriller. <laughs> because how are you going to fit all of that into 104 minutes? No, it's, it's <laughs> not gonna be good. No, no. It's just like, because and then what? What ends up happening is that it's predominantly comedy and predominantly mm. action, mm. and then all the other things is just like the house and the magic. That's your fantasy element. Mm. Your this is, what sci-fi, uh, science fiction and mystery, science fiction and, and fantasy. It's just like it's gonna be set in modern times with magic and a house that's fantasy. It's just it's a fucking clusterfuck. Lots of fucking. But. It is Jack Black, and I like Jack Black. And Kate, Kate Blanchett. And I don't, I don't know how I feel about Kate Blanchett. She, wait, was she, um, she the bad guy in Thor Ragnarok? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, which apparently is not pronounced Ragnarok. I met a, a Norwegian lady mm-hmm. yesterday, and that word is from Norse mythology. Yeah, and it's uh, she was from yeah, she Thor, was, and yeah. it's it's pronounced Ragnarok. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. No. But, uh, but I'll, I'll, I will recognize that I'm wrong. Yeah. <laughs> as far as I can go. Um, but, but yeah, no, it's Kate Blanchett's great. Yeah. I like Kate Blanchett and Jack Black. But, yeah. mm. And it's uh, directed by Eli Roth. This is the first mm. type of non-horror mm. film that I've seen from him. It, mm. Like, this is the guy that that, uh, that made Hostel and Hostel 2. He made Green Inferno, too. And, yeah, and that, so it's, it's like, he hasn't made Did we see Green Inferno? No, movie? not together, huh? Okay, I think I went with Daniel and Lauren from yeah. like that group. Yeah. It's fucking trash. Yeah. See, every like now that you say Eli Roth, I'm kinda like, mm. 
Even mm. that even further yeah. lets us know that the house with the clock in its walls that's outside the other house is not going to be a good movie. No. That further no. lets us know the movie that has, <laughs> that's listed with seven different genres of comedy, family, fantasy, horror, mystery, science fiction, thriller, that further lets us know, Eli Roth, then, that this is shit. Yeah. Probably not going to watch it. No. No, I'm probably not going to watch it. No. But if that's your thing, go for it. But I won't watch it. Nope. Ah, God, fucking Eli Roth. That name for me is as bad as Nicholas Winding Roth. Who's that? The guy that did Neon Demon. Oh. Yeah. Mm. Now that, that name to and me. And Lars von Triers. I hate no, you're Lars, Lars yeah. von Triers. Um, I don't but, hate him. I hate his work. I, that, that, that name rings to me like M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> it's like when I hear that name, I just know to stay far away. I know to stay far it's away. It's fucking weird, man. Like, just, have you seen Antichrist? No. Watch Antichrist? And then if you walk out of Antichrist thinking that Lars von Trier is, is a good filmmaker, I'll, I'll, I'll be surprised. <laughs> I fucking hate that movie so much. Antichrist. No, I didn't. I, yeah. didn't, I, he did Nym- I think he did Nymphomaniac as well. I like some of the first Nymphomaniac part one. I like some of that first Yeah, one. part one was all right. But just God, I, I, he's so faffy. Mm. And like, he's like, he's like trying to get into the Criterion Collection. That's how I describe his work. You know? Uh, he had, he had one good movie. I've seen, um, he wrote Melancholia. Melancholia was good. Yeah. I'll give it that. Uh, yeah, this, so it was like, that's, that's good. But even with that, it's like, I can, I, I see you with your description, like someone that's trying to get into the criteria. Like, yeah. that's the only, that and Niffle Black, yeah. I, can, I see what you're saying by yeah. style. That's exactly how I feel about Nicholas Winding Ref, too. Mm. Okay. I think Nicholas Winding Ref made, um, Drive? Or Only God Forgive. Drive was good. One of those two. Is that the Ryan Gosling movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like Which Drive. Which I like Drive a lot. Yeah. Um, but I think each of them has like one movie that I like, but then shit, yeah, I cannot stand it. Yep, I'm not gonna yeah. do it. Um, anyway, uh, I guess that's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you all for listening. If you guys haven't seen uh, the Boondock Saints, I strongly recommend that you do. And uh, I guess that's it for today's episode. So mm-hmm. you can find us on Twitter at underscore the FFS Podcast. You can find us on Facebook at the FFS Podcast. You can find us on iTunes Podcast app, Google Play Music, and Stitcher under the name for film's sake. And my personal Twitter handle is at Brian Achilla. I'm at THA underscore V-O-N-Z. Hey, and that's it for today's episode. We will see you next week. Bye.